Welcome back, everyone, to the House of Hustle podcast here on Sports Radio 810. My name is Jared Sutton. No Stephen St. John today. He's a little under the weather, dealing with an illness. So we wish Stephen the very best in his recovery. We should have him back uh, for our podcast later in the month. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Charlie Hustle. Be sure to head over to charliehustle.com to get stocked up on your new vintage gear. Conference play is here in college basketball with all the local schools. Chiefs playoffs are right around the corner. We saw a lot of varsity jackets at the bowl games during bowl season. That's always a a favorite of mine, seeing the varsity jacket. have a varsity Mizzou jacket myself. Uh, So be sure to head over to charliehustle.com. We got a great show for you guys today. Um, We have a guest that I'm so excited to have on the show. And let me just start by saying this. The list of accolades and awards and honors is a very long extended list. Uh, This is a guest I covered for four years on the SEC Network Plus when she was a college player. Uh, Here are a few of her highlights. Former McDonald's All-American, former SEC Freshman of the Year. She finished her career as the active leading scorer in SEC history at the time, and she holds a school record for most points in a game, as well as the most points in program history. She was the 13th overall pick of the Phoenix Mercury. She's number nine on the floor and number one in your hearts. It's the one, the only, Sophie Cunningham. Sophie, welcome to the House of Hustle. Oh, well, thank you. You did not have to say all that. It just makes me cringe out. Well, I, like, I kept thinking, I'm like, I'm sure she's hating this right now. But I, I got to do it. You do it. You're, you're Mizzou royalty, and I got to do it. So, Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Um, you're, you're our second guest. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Third guest behind Lawrence Bowers and Phil Pressey. Oh, um, but I think we were trying to schedule you like years in advance. Uh, and we finally got this to work. We had some technical difficulties, by the way, to get this started, but it's fine. We're good. So um, it's good to finally get you on. I did want to start. Um, you got something coming up this weekend. Uh, the Sophie Cunningham Classic. Uh, I think it's the third year you're, you guys have done this. Second. Uh, it it feels yeah. like the 10th. Let me tell you, with everything, it, it feels like it's been going on for years. It's actually just the second. So. Okay. Well, t- well tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. What, what you got going on this weekend? Yeah. So, you know, Coach Norm Stewart, who is a, a legend in the men's side of basketball across the nation, he came to our family and after one to maybe four or five bottles of wine, uh, we kind of came up with, uh, you know, let's do something for the girl side. Let's keep this thing going because, you know, coach is getting old and it's it's weird for people here in Missouri to to see coach maybe in the form that he's in. His brain is still sharp as a knife, but we want to carry on his legacy. And so we were just kind of talking about um, he has the Norm Stewart Classic and he's like, well, why don't we start the Sophie Cunningham Classic? And um, you guys will keep the, the best teams here in the Midwest. Um, eventually you'll bring teams in across the nation. Um, and we kind of put our brain together and did that because growing up, you know, we had a a solid team in high school. We had seven D one players on our team uh, at one point, which is unheard of in a public school. Um, and then AAU ball, you know, we had to travel to the East and West coast nonstop because that's where the good teams were. Um, and that's where the tournaments were put on. And so I was like, I'm tired of that. Like these kids here in the Midwest, they deserve more. We have 25 of the top 100 high school topped girl or ranked girls on ESPN going to be a part of this classic this year. And so we're just going to make sure that they stay home. It's a good recruiting thing for Mizzou. It's good for recruiting uh, for smaller schools around the Midwest area as well. And so I don't know, it's fun. The basketball will take care of itself. But Lindsay and I also wanted to make sure that we gave these girls what they deserve off the court. So we gave them a platform. We give them a whole bunch of gifts from Adidas, Quest, Body Armor. The list goes on and on and on. And so I don't know, it's kind of fun. 
So that's that's got to be so fun for you because this is technically like your off season. Um, so so this has got to be something that I've, you put a lot of time into, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. I'm sure it's got to be fun though that you're you're doing it with your sister as well. Absolutely, and I, we do have to give credit. We have like seven te- seven team uh, people on our team that really kind of do all the behind the scenes work and then my big head's just in front of it, which I kind of feel bad about sometimes, but my mom has worked her butt off putting this thing on along with Brad Hayes and uh, the Murphys. And there's a few other people, but it's really my mom. And I think now that she's like, no, nothing's going on. There's not a lot of basketball going on right now that she's just like, Hey, like, let's do this thing. Let's get back to our community. Let's make sure that we create something really great for these high school girls because if we would have had that when we were in high school, we would have absolutely loved it. So we just want to make sure that we've already been through it. Let's make it better than it was before us. That's awesome. It's a great way to give back. Um, absolutely. I'm sure all the, the players that are playing in the Classic are, are fired up and excited to see you too. Um, yeah. So that's that's always fun. I did want to kind of touch on you know you being raised in Columbia, right? Growing up in Columbia, uh, you go to Mizzou, which you grew up a Mizzou fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, your family members, that that's what jumps out, has always jumped out. Your mom, uh, Paula, who's fantastic. Love your mom and dad. <laughs> uh, track and field, your dad, Jim, played football. Um, yep. And then your aunt played basketball, your uncle played football, and your grandfather played football for the Tigers yeah. as well. So it runs in the family. Um, yeah. This is what I talk about with like the the loyalty that that you have possessed from just being your, your time as a player. But it really runs deep in your family uh, of just being true Tigers. What's that mean to you? You know, when you come home to Columbia, you're right. I know how close you are with your family. You got such a great family. That's got to be such a highlight for for your off season too. Oh my gosh, it's absolutely amazing. And um, I'm doing some NBA, uh, you know, commentating type work, and so I actually don't get to come home as much as I would like to. And I think I was t- telling you the other day, like I wish that Kansas City would get an NBA or WNBA team because that would make my life way easier. <laughs> and it's all about me, duh. No, um, but no, I just think it, it's super cool. We grew up ten minutes from the university, and so our parents were super active with us, taking us to all the athletic events and. Um, it's just a really good community to grow up in. And I do have to give a big shout out to everyone here. The the amount of companies and people just wanting to be involved in this classic, um, really just because of the name of Norm um, has actually helped. And then just, you know, uh, the platform that we've been blessed with here in Columbia, you know, people just want to be a part of something positive, which we're so grateful for. And so big shout out to the Columbia community for kind, kind of helping out uh, the Cunningham family put this thing on. Every time I come back to Columbia now and I'm, gosh, I'm now... 13, or excuse me, 11 years out of college. Every time I come back to Columbia, it just feels like it's growing and growing and developing. And I mean, it's the... It's weird. Uh, it's it it's is. kind it's, of weird it's, because it's, I'm like, that that used to be there. That I used to party in that house, but now that house is burnt down. Like, what is going on? So it's like, it is weird. It's worse as you get older too, because it's like, man, awful. everything's changed. I was back for homecoming this year. Um, got to spend the weekend in Columbia. And I'm like, man, I... When I come in for to call games, it's just going straight to the arena, you know, and mm-hmm. got, that's kind of like you're familiar with that. But yeah. then once you start to kind of get out in Columbia, it's, it's just so different. So, well, um, even the locker rooms, I came back yeah. the other day and I, I walk in, I'm like, holy smokes. I was like, you guys can thank our team for giving you this. <laughs> but I was totally kidding. I was like, well, and I'm like, I'm totally messing with you guys. I was like, we totally deserve this as a, a women's sport. So like live it out. Yeah. I was talking to Marcus Denman about this. We were at the Seton Hall game and he's like, man, he's like looking at the uniforms. He's like, these uniforms are sweet. Like everything gets better when you leave. It's, it's always, like, <laughs> but it is what, you know, you always have that like badge of honor that it's like, wait, I, we're part of this program. We kind of laid the foundation. So you, you can say that yourself too. So, yeah. 
So I, w- I wanted to ask just like your Rockbridge days. Um, you're such a great high school player. Uh, you were recruited by basically everybody. Um, McDonald's All-American. You know, you were four-time All-State player, two-time player of the year in the state of Missouri, almost 2,000 points in high school. Um, I, I, I'm sure playing for, with your sister was a big part of your college decision, obviously, but how hard was that? And, and was it something that you like knew all along, or were you going on a lot of visits because you were such a sought-out player in high school and the success speak for itself at Rockbridge, your numbers retired there. So what was the recruitment like for you, especially being in Columbia? You know, it's crazy because I know that the recruitment process is brutal for the majority of kids. Um, but this is when like my stubbornness and like my immaturity kind of kicked in because Lindsay had just committed and I knew um, I wanted to play with her. Like we wanted to put Mizzou on the map and no one was stopping us. Like that was our goal since we were little. We wanted to be like our mom and aunt, right? And so Lindsay just committed like a week before me. And my mom's like, I just got off the phone with Coach P. And um, my mom was on her way back from Jeff City. She used to work at the governor's office and whatnot. And I was like, Mom, I think I'm just going to commit to Mizzou. Like I just got off the phone with Coach P. I'm feeling really good about it. Um, by the way, I'm in eighth grade and <laughs> right. that that's, that's the key part in that. And she goes, Sophie, just like, let your sister have her moment. Like, let's get her figured out. And then we can take care of you. She's like, you have time. And I was like, eh, okay. I like seeing a little bit. Love you. I was not listening to that. And so my mom walks in, she's like, who are you on the phone with? I was like, oh, I just committed to Mizzou. I just, I'm talking to coach P I just committed. And she's like, gosh, Dang it, Sophie. And I was like, well, you know, I just had to follow my gut. And so um, I humbly say that, you know, I was recruited from pretty much any school you can think of, but I committed out of eighth grade and I, and I didn't care. Like we were getting, we have boxes and boxes and boxes of letters and people calling 24 seven coaches trying to be sly here and there trying to like, just, you know, and I'm just like, no, like I'm good. Like this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. And so my process was super easy. And it made AAU ball so much fun because I didn't have the pressure of like, oh, UConn's watch, uh, Tennessee's here, like, South Carolina, like, did not care. And so um, it was nice and it, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah. I was just, it's a good, you know, frame of mind there of just like, there's so much pressure on recruiting and rankings and social media now. I, I mean, I guess when, when you're in eighth grade going into your freshman year of high school, even, like, was social media, like, a big thing at that point? Like, was there any sort of, like, pressures? Because I they feel like now that's such a huge impact on high school players. Yeah, I think that social media is a really good thing. And I think that athletes deserve to make money, especially if brands and schools are using their like um, their image to, yeah. to make money. Um, but I also think there needs to be boundaries. You have to let these kids be kids. They're worried about the wrong things. Uh, the, that's why they're just... Um, putting their highlights out there and then you go watch them play and it's like those kids are you can tell they're worried about the wrong thing because they cannot even play and so I just make sure anyone that I um, try to give advice to when they reach out or when I get questions like this it's like you know just enjoy where your two feet are at if you work hard and you're a good person and you grind it out you're gonna get to where you want to be and you're gonna make the money the money will follow but you also have to make sure you're taking care of um, what you're getting paid to do. And that's being on the court. That's being on the field. That's being a great student in the classroom. And so I, I love it, but I also hate that everything is starting to become about money. 
Yeah. Yet and, again. <laughs> so much about recruitment too, like in, in Meyer was just like with the coach you played for and like the style and the system. And yeah, you know, if you liked the campus and you liked the nightlife and you know, you liked this, the whole college experience. Um, so there was just so much more, uh, it was, yeah, what are my minutes going to be? Am I going to, you know, be behind all American, you know, it's just, there were so many question marks in recruiting. And now you hear about parents getting involved and coaches like to what you said earlier, just like, things go on behind the scenes that it's sad, um, honestly, and it all comes back to name, image, and likeness. And I love that it's NIL's in in place. I mean, it's it's definitely long overdue. I love that athletes are having the benefit of name, image, and likeness. So the question's got to be asked, like, you're at Mizzou and NIL is in the game. Like, I don't even want to know, really. And it's it's funny, like, everybody's asking me about, like, Caitlin Clark at, you know, at, at Iowa and, and everything going on in NIL, and she's a great player, and it's like, my mind goes to what would you do um, during your run at Mizzou? It's hard to answer just because it's it's such a what if hypothetical. But do you ever think about that at all? Yes, but I <laughs> but I cannot let myself even go there, and I just have to have a grateful perspective. Yep. Um, because I do think that we were the trailblazers for for these, especially on the women's side. If you think about like um, four or five years ago, you know it was. Asia Wilson. It was myself. Like it was, it was a really fun group, a competitive group that kind of gave them that platform. But I will say like, I'm happy, but I will also say that I, we could have been having this interview on a yacht in the Bahamas, <laughs> you know, exactly. like, I, exactly. oh gosh, it kills me. Like I'm just, and the amount of people who are like, Hey, you were still in college during this, you would have been set up pretty nice. I'm like, you're, I know. You're, you got to be up there at the top. There's a lot of Mizzou athletes that get talked about about, man, like the, the the players from the past that what would they make in NIL and you're right up there. So uh, it's yeah, wild to think a, about. It is it's wild okay. To think about. I, I, I just have to be like, oh, it's, I'm just so happy for them. But deep down, I'm like, Really, you're thinking, of, you're thinking about the yacht and you're thinking about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. You just can't yeah. think about it. That's you right. can't think about it. That's, that's right. So I, before like we get to just some of the, the Mizzou moments um, of your career, like I knew you were a talent in high school. I knew how important it was like for Mizzou basketball to, to land you and your homegrown talent and everything about you know what you represented in Columbia and how loved you are. Um, but I think what stood out in just calling your games as a freshman was like you had a deep love and passion uh, and a competitiveness for the game, like a fearlessness that I don't really see, especially calling games back then, men or women, most freshmen didn't have that. And and you definitely did. So the question is, is like, do you remember when like basketball was just your number one love? Um, and then where do you get that fire? Um, Lindsay had it too. Is that, is that Paula? I mean, is that, is that Jim? I mean, who, what is, is it just ingrained in everybody? I'm just curious that dynamic. You know, to be honest, I think it really comes from our, our mama, which is my mom's mom. Okay. She is, um, she's a great athlete. She's a feisty little thing. Um, she's still feisty to this day, as sassy as all get out. Um, and then I think it trickled down to my mom. Uh, and then, so like, we're, we're all the same person. It's like, that's what my, I will be my mom. And then my mom will be my grandma. And then it's just, it just keeps going. Yeah. Uh, and so I definitely think that's where we get it from. But I also have to like, my dad is like low key feisty too, but he's just quiet behind the scenes. Cause he always has us three girls talking right. and get the attention. Right. So he kind of takes the back seat. Smart man. But, yeah, no, <laughs> he's like, he loves when we're gone. Cause he's just like, I finally get silence. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, I think that we just grew up in a really competitive household, uh, and but it was healthy. 
And um, I, I think that our, the men in our lives were super supportive of um, making sure that we were confident young girls that would be confident women in the world. And then we had our aunt and mom who were um, uh, pretty like just confident and uh, kind of just badass women. And yeah. so we had, and they were athletes and, you know, so like they had a bigger structure. They're taller than the majority of people. And so as me and Lindsay grew up, you know, we were taller than the majority of people. And a lot of, a lot of people made fun of my size growing up. And, but my mom and dad are like, no, like you are meant to be that size one day. That is going to be the best thing that makes you stick out. Like just keep going. And so they fed us confidence, but it didn't just come from the women's side. It was from our papa. It was from our uncles. It was from our dad. So we just had a, a great household full of just supportive uh, people. And yeah. uh, I think when you have that confidence and that support that you can't be shaken, then you do play with the fearlessness because you don't care what people say about you. And you're putting on not only for yourself, but for your family as well. And so um, for me, I think when I'm out on the basketball court, that's when I feel like the most free. That's like yeah. when I can just have fun and I love to compete. I love to compete. And I just think um, I'm going to do whatever it takes for my team to win. And sometimes that brings out the bad in me. Sometimes that brings out the good in me. I've learned how to like be good about it. Um, but it, it definitely was a learning process in, in college and in high school. But I mean, some people find their talents in music. They find their talents in, in school, becoming a doctor, becoming a lawyer, um, doing social media, whatever it is. But mine just has always been basketball ever since yeah. I was like five years old. It's always been sports. It's always been basketball. Well, that's what I think is so interesting about like your mentality. That's the biggest thing I want to hit on is just you get to you get to campus, you're a freshman. There's obviously the pressures now that, that most McDonald's All-Americans think about, you know, men or women. You know, there, there's that pressure, especially going to Mizzou, where you were sort of looked at as kind of the golden child, right, of like bringing the program back. Um, my, my question is, like, it didn't ever feel like you had, and maybe you did, but it never looked like you had the nerves or the pressure. when, you, Like, to your point about, like, you love the game and you just have fun with it. I never felt like you played the game with like looking over your shoulder or thinking, I got to do this. I got, you know, I have to score this. It just kind of came naturally to you because of how you played the game and that competitiveness. Is that fair to say? Or was there ever those pressures that did get to you when you were a freshman at all? No, I really don't think so. I think I just had, um, first of all, I think ignorance is bliss sometimes. Maybe I didn't know um, how hard it would be or like, what I just didn't care what other people thought about. And I've never really cared about what other people thought about right. me. And so when I, when I come in as a freshman, like it was, you're either hopping on and supporting our team or get the hell out of the way because like you're in the way to where I want to be. And when I put my mind to something like nothing's stopping me. And I think honestly, that's what gave me the confidence to maybe not have those nerves or those pressures because I was putting in the work. Like yeah. I was, I, I worked my butt off and I, I, I practiced like I play. Um, I got up extra shots. Like I was doing my thing behind the scenes that maybe a lot of people didn't know about. Um, but I also had my fun in college too. Like I had a great balance of, I had a great friend group. We had our college fun, maybe sometimes too much. Um, <laughs> but I was still taking care of business on the court. And um, I think when you can give yourself that confidence of, putting in the work when it, it, when it maybe doesn't matter or people aren't watching, then when people are watching, it's like, Woo, it's time to shine. Like yeah. this is, this yep. is why I, this is what I've dreamt about since I was a little girl. And so 
Um, it didn't matter what jersey was going against us that night. Like I, I had a mentality of like you're you're just in the way to what I want, and yeah. so I don't know. That and I feel like that really, especially like throughout your four years. But but I think you know your freshman year, obviously playing with your sister who's older, and a lot of those older players too. When you were freshmen, were good players and kind of had that same DNA. I think that's where Coach P deserves a ton of credit. Like, yes, you guys were critical to the program's success, but I just loved your teams uh, in terms of how they competed. But I think that's where your leadership really comes in of get out of the way. You know, if you're not with us, you're against us kind of mentality. Um, I am going to circle Wake Forest your freshman year. Oh, yeah. Does this Is this the game? Like, I'm just curious. Like, you had it going. Like, yeah. it was your night. There was no question about it. Um it's a 42-point game. It's a school record at Mizzou when you're a freshman. Like, where, what's the react? What's the feeling like after that? Because that was like you're, you're on the map already, and now you just kind of broke the door down, and you're a freshman. Like, what, what was that feeling like after that one? Um, well, I, I, have a, I have a story to this one, and okay. it'll be quick. Uh, but first, real quick, I do want to give a shout-out, because you just said that, like, our leadership from that last question, mm-hmm. it was all Lindsay. Like mm. Lindsay is the best leader hands down that has ever gone through that program or who will ever go through that program. She had so much different puzzle pieces that she had to put together, but Lindsay and any teammate that was there during the years I was there when she played, will say the exact same thing. And so our, there are so many Jordan Frerich sticks out to me mm. um, who, who really made my career, my career really look good over there. Uh, you know, the, the Porter, Sierra Michaelis, like there are so many people that like sometimes it is I just like, oh, it was Sophie. It's like, no, Jordan Frericks and Lindsay, like us three together. Team. That was such a great team. It was it really a phenomenal was. team. Like yeah. it, it gives me goosebumps really thinking thinking about it. But yeah. you know, whatever. So um Wake Forest game. Funny story. So I was not the best student my freshman year or really any time in college because I just <laughs> what and, and I regret that. I do regret that because I don't know. The older you get, you just wish you would have done things better. Hindsight. Uh, it's always, yeah. yeah, always the name of the game. But my mind was always, you know, I'm going to be a pro. Like I'm here to play basketball. They knew that. So this is kind of what you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had eight hours of study hall and normally only freshmen have that. I had it my all four years. <laughs> that's that's going to be on the accolades. That's going to be <laughs> yeah, on the list. They never right talk there. about that. <laughs> um, but so I, I, had, I think, a minute left of my eight-hour study hall. So I did seven hours and 59 minutes of it, and I left a minute early. And uh, just got, I had everything done, yeah. and I, we were all heading to practice. Our whole team was in study hall at the time. We were all heading to practice, and I was like, eh, what's one minute, you know? Well, that right after practice, um, I kind of got my butt chewed out because she's mm-hmm. like, if you're going to – in front of everyone, too. She's like, if you're going to cut corners at study hall, what are you cutting corners in life and in basketball, like all this stuff? So I got my butt chewed. I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> I, it was one minute. You know, I didn't say anything. Yeah. But in my head, yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you crazy? And so I, we had this thing called awareness training where if you didn't wear the right shirt, if you weren't paying attention and got in trouble in school or w- whatever – Oh, I had awareness training the day before Wake Forest and it was the Versa climber. And I think I had to be on that thing for 45 minutes to an hour. Oof, that's rough. Are you? you Yeah, that was our punishment, too, on the men's side, by the way. Yeah. And and I was like, I was like, um, and maybe maybe I just felt a certain way. I never thought I was better than anyone else. Like I never did. But I was like, 
like, does she know we have a game tomorrow? And does she know, like, I'm there, like, one of the starters? Like, what? What, right. Like, what is she doing? This is um, not the, norm, the normal day before a game situation. No. Right. So right. I, I was on the Versa Climber, and, like, I was mad. And I was like, I'm trying to break this freaking machine because screw this. Like, what is she doing? And I was like, I hope that I'm so worn out tomorrow that I can't play. Like, I hope we lose tomorrow. That's what I, I was in a negative mindset because I was oh, like, sure. screw this. Sure. And um, then I switched my mindset. I was about to go to bed, and I was like, you know what? screw that. Nothing's going to like, that's not getting my way. Like tomorrow I kind of hope my legs hurt and that I can't play, but I knew like I was going to play, you know what I mean? Right, and so right. once the, once the ball tipped, I was kind of in a mood, you know, I'd shoot around and all that. Cause I was like, screw her. Screw the workout machine. Yeah. Don't want that. And um, when the ball tipped, I just like first shot felt good. And I was like, all right, this is going to be a great game. And, and everything I threw up, it went in. Um, and it, it makes me mad because I wish I would have had a really bad game <laughs> because I That's wish that she could have reaped the benefits so too of punishing me. <laughs> so, I mean, like, like your legs held up. I mean, it's just hilarious. Like, that's such a great story just because you were so good in that game. You were unguardable at many moments of the game. Um, did, you, did you say anything to Robin afterward or was it just like, nah, I don't need to say anything. We're good. Nope. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't say anything and you kind of just move on and there I humbly I say this and I I, I never say this stuff but it's you okay um, right. I like it that I I really do think and we, Lindsay and I sometimes talk about this um but I do think I could have broke it a couple more times but I agree. I agree. yeah I, and and I think I there's always one that stood out to me. Um, I had 36 points against Ole Miss in the third quarter. There was seven minutes to still go in the third quarter, and I had 36. But it was senior day, and so we had to make it about the oh, seniors. Sure. Oh, and yeah. so yeah. I think there was a there's a lot of life lessons that actually Coach P did teach because the, I know for a fact there's multiple times that I could have really gone off and mm -hmm. really broke the record. But it, it's not about me. It's about the team. And – um, we had to make sure that everyone felt like a team because that's what it took for us to get to where we wanted to go. So I do have to respect her for yeah. sometimes just like kind of yanking me. Well, I mean, it speaks to your unselfishness and obviously you're a team player. You've always been a team oriented player and winner. So I, I got it. There's, there's another game that jumps out and it's, I mean, obviously like you're, you're so beloved in Columbia, South Carolina, right? Like you, it's just, it's just such a, a great moment of your career. But the yeah. win over the win over South Carolina, um, I think, was when you had you had twenty six. You had the game winner your sophomore year. Like, is that a game from a program standpoint that you felt that you guys were getting that national respect because you were a good team, and it felt like that they were sort of the powerhouse. You guys get that win, and then all of a sudden you guys were the serious talk of, of women's college basketball. Did, did is is that the game, or is there another game that 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 kind of speaks to that? I think that year that you're talking about was, um, I think that was me and Lindsay's last year together. Yeah, and so that was the year, like that was the squad. We were we were really good that year, and we were really good. And people were talking about us, but they're like, "Well, they really haven't played like a, a top five team yet." Like, da da da. So when South Carolina did come in, and then we beat them, like then people took us seriously. Mm -hmm. But in in our minds, it's like 
we've always been that it's but you do have to if you're if you're a program that's trying to get to that level then you do have to prove yourself extra hard and, and yep. more times than like if South Carolina had a bad year and then they have a good year again, they're going to go straight to the top because they've already earned that respect. And so I do think that was the turning point in our program um, that really flipped the switch of like, oh, okay, so this team is serious. And like, mm-hmm. this is, this is you, this is a team to be reckoned with. And so I don't know. I think it's still so funny that people still get so mad and like, like <laughs> their feathers are so easy to get ruffled yep. when I say anything about yep. South Carolina or like <laughs> talk anything about college basketball. And it's just so funny. Cause I'm like, guys, that was like five years ago, grow up. Well, and I think too, I mean, I've, I've said this, I, I haven't said it publicly, but I've said it to people like people feared you. Like oh, there's yeah. no question about it. And what drove me the, the one moment that I, all, I mean, I got so mad during your career was when a coach called you a dirty player. Yeah. And it could not be far. I mean, first of all, when you say that about any player, that's a bold statement. And yeah. if you're going to say Especially something like Especially the coach with how much her platform and the power yes. she had. Exactly. That's exactly right. But it, my, my thing is, is like, that gets said. And, you know, people that don't watch just immediately jump onto stuff sometimes. And if you watched Missouri women's basketball when you were there, like you were the most competitive player on the floor. And if there was a 50, 50 ball, or if there was any sort of play that required like a blue collar, tenacious, tough, gritty mentality, you're the best player. And you were the one doing that. And I think that is what sometimes teams weren't ready for. Like teams thought, well, she's out of control. And it's like, no, no, she plays harder than you do. And that to me was always like, and I could not believe that that was said. And I know you had to deal with that a lot and it became sort of a storyline yeah. that you had to probably answer all the time and obviously the social media things out of control at that point. Yeah. Um how did you ha- I mean you're a competitor you look up to players too. Like yeah. you look up to coaches, you value leadership. Did, did that bother you? Did that rub you the wrong way and how did you handle that? Um it, it made me mad. Yeah. Because and it made my my family and my friends, like, I think it irritated them more than it irritated me. Um, and it still makes them mad because that's right. the furthest from the truth. And I still deal with that narrative today because of what she said. Right. Um, and, and now players that I did play against in the SEC, when they come to the Phoenix Mercury and we're on the same team, they're like, oh, my gosh, we did not know you were this nice. Like, I love to play with you. I love to compete with you. And they they realize that was all a lie all along. Mm-hmm. And – um, to me, I think it, it was very hard to deal with because people were coming after my character. They were coming after how I was raised. We were getting death threats. We had to like, it was, it was crazy. Like it was literally crazy. And, um, and for me to only be, I think 19 years old at the time and dealing with that, uh, I think people were pretty like, okay, is she good? Like, yeah. you, you know, I'm young. And right. so, right. Um, so I think what, what really stood out to me is I never backed down. And so when right. she called me dirty, I, I kind of loved it because I knew I was under her skin and that's something I'm really good about doing. And I was like, all right, Don's Don is, she knows, like, I'm not backing down from anyone. I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've done in your career. Like, I'm not scared of you and I will never back down from you. And so when I went down to South Carolina, um, it, it kind of got started again because I had to throw a ball in 
um, right by her and she wouldn't move. And I, and you know what I did? I looked at her dead in the eyes and I stood there and I booty bumped her. And I was like, <laughs> I, I said, I was like, move, you know, I like, and, it. and, and I, I don't Which know. You're I'm just in like, the right there. You're the, you're the player. You're entitled to the spot. That's and so spot. then, yeah. And so just like, I don't know. That's just like a, a battle. And, um, I, I don't know. I just love it. And then they yeah. came back the next year and we beat them again on our home court. And That's I right. was like, and I made it a goal ever since she called me dirty. I was like, you'll never win here while I'm here ever again, like yeah. ever. And so I don't know. I think it gave me some motivation. It still sucks today that I have to deal with that because that's like, it really is furthest from the truth. But like yeah. the older I get to, um, I think she said that because uh, maybe she didn't have time to step back and kind of like collect herself. She was probably frustrated with her her team or the way they played. And at the end of the day, it comes from her insecurity of calling a 19-year-old dirty when I was yeah. the one busting her ass. Well, I love that. But, I mean, the thing is, too, like, Dawn is a you know legendary coach. She's a great coach. But I just think in that moment, you know, you're, you're the leader of a program in the league like the SEC that at that time it, it was the best, you know, conference in women's basketball. And you're, you're bringing down one of the best players in the sport, um, which I just don't think you do when you're a head coach. Um, I get emotions play a part in a game, and, you know, that happens. But then when you're in postgame and you're doing media, there's a responsibility there. And I just thought she not she didn't just let down you, no, most importantly. She let down the program. And she let down the sport. And I, it was just – it was such a disappointing – because I loved the rivalry, but it was just for all the, like, things that were just not okay. They didn't sit well with me uh, at all. And, and I think, like, our – like, Missouri still cannot stand – her or South Carolina, but honestly, I, I don't care anymore. Like I have bigger and better no things to worry about than uh, a program and a coach. Like to me, that is uh, uh, past me. Like I, I still don't like it, but when I see them, I say hello. Like me and Asia, I feel like we're good. Um, I haven't seen Dawn in a really long time, but I just am in my own lane. And um, I think if anything, it made me better because I learned how to handle that stuff maybe before I got to the league. And yeah. so I do think anything that kind of comes in um, my pathway that might not always be a positive things, uh, a positive thing, you can always learn from it and you can always grow. Uh, but that is something that still um, it was not needed. Yeah. But it, and I still it's I still get called dirty player all the time because of that. And so I was like. There, there are some Mizzou fans I, I love when they, they say this, like, because, like, you know, my, my era was Big 12, so yep. it was always like, oh, who's going to be our rival in the SEC? And it's kind of like forced a little bit at the beginning. And then all of a sudden that happens, and it's like, boom, we have, we have, we have a hated team now, we have a hated school now, all because, so, I mean, it's almost like, hey, you have a badge of honor now, like, you will be held on a pedestal for Mizzou fans, just because that was sort of a turning point. Of like Mizzou's in the SEC, and they don't yeah. talk about Sophie hey. Cunningham like that. Sorry, you don't do that. The the next year, just real quick, the next year, uh, I forgot who it was, but they came in and we beat them. But yeah. it was a tough game, and there's a loose ball, and one of one of them called me a MFB, and wow. um, right when we got up, uh, but it was a uh, yeah, and so I turned around and I like stood up and I got in her face and I called her one right back, and then she's like. <gasps> And then she like went on. She's like, "Did you just hear?" And I was, I was, I was like, "Don't f with me. Like, yeah. I, I am not scared. You can get in my face. You can I'll do whatever." Right back to but you. I'm giving it right back to you. That's so good. That's so good. All right, All right. I got, I got a couple. I just have one more on the Mizzou side, and then I do want to get to the Mercury stuff. But, yeah, you're good. Um, so I mean, your your 17, 18 season. Like, I was looking at your numbers. 
you had a 54-46-84 split. So 54% from the field, 46 from three, 84 from the free throw line. You averaged 18 and a half a game. Like that was your best year statistically, but if you look at your career, you were 50-40-80 in college over four years. And you were at the top of the scouting report um, you're the, you were the only player in the country to average 17, make 83s, make 150 free throws and 200 rebounds your senior year. Like you were one of the best players in the country by far, like hands down, you finish your career as Mizzou's all-time leading scorer. You finish your career as the SEC active scoring leader at the time. You had 2,100 points, 2,187 points in your career. And you rank sixth in career assists and seventh in career rebounds. So you're still in the top 10 when you leave the SEC in other categories that are outside of scoring, like you were so much more than just a score. So you get drafted 13th overall to the Phoenix Mercury. I don't think you should have gone 13th. I think there, there should have been a conversation. And I, I actually told people this. I'm like, she's going to get overlooked in this draft because she's one of the best players in the draft. Do you have that same edge from draft night? Um, I know you're happy to be in Phoenix, but like, do you look back on that? Like most players do of like, Oh, I should have been higher. Yeah, man. Um, I do think when you're in a program that's never been there before that um, you still don't get the recognition. And, and I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about if I, once I retweet this or put this out on my social media, this podcast and other girls are listening to this and they might be in the same position I was in. This is what I want them to hear that. Those awards and those recognitions don't define you, even though you probably a thousand percent deserve it more than the person who got it. Right. And when your program is not a UConn or a South Carolina or a Tennessee or LSU, whatever you want to say, um, then you're going to, you're probably not going to get it because that's just how politics work. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, um, I thank you for saying that because I think that I should have gone first round too. Um, and, but that's, that's what I think. And it's not always about my thoughts and what I want. And so for me, um, it's, I haven't thought about it in a long time. I actually got a question on it last night about Instagram and Lindsay and I were kind of talking about it. And it's like, you know, I've always had to work harder for what I, for what I want. And that's just right. always how it's been. And I'm like, so I'm not surprised that that's what happened. But for me, the cream rises to the top. It's not where you start. It's where you finish. And I honestly think that. I'm still at the very beginning of my WNBA career. And I think I have another 10, 11 years left in my tank. And I have goals of becoming an all-star. I want to be a three-point champion in the all-star shootout. I think that I will make a mark on this league just like I did in the SEC. But it's patience. It's uh, persistence. It's being consistent and disciplined. And I have that all inside of me. And it's just like, when is my opportunity going to arise. And, you know, I still have Diana Taurasi on my team. You still have Brittany Griner on your team. Um, There's going to be a whole new uh, set of players coming into our team this year. And I, I believe like it's inside of me. I have something on fire inside me that I will end up where I'm supposed to be. It just might not be there as quick. And I might not get the recognition that I deserve as quickly as I want. Yeah. It's, it's an edge. It's an, it's a hunger. Um, You're, you're never satisfied. We um, we drafted Herb Jones in the second round in New Orleans. We had Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall. They were undrafted guys. And when they came to our program, they're looking at Zion Williamson. They're looking at Brandon Ingram, you know, two elite young players. And what was so interesting is, like, 
we took Herb 35th overall in the second round. You do a redraft with Herb Jones. You know, he's a top 15, top, and probably a lottery pick. I find it so interesting that all three of those guys, like, they live in the gym because there's like this thought that they're not good enough or they're, that, that they're going to be overlooked. And they've become such great players and great pieces, and they know who they are and they know how to play. And they're just winning players, and they compete, and they defend, and they bring just a toughness. And all these things that they were overlooked for ends up going by the wayside just because of that mentality and that attitude. And I think that's what you're speaking on, too. And I, I, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. It's, it's just, just like, that's, that's carried you to be a pro. Yeah, and, and I think that that's what's going to continue to make me be an even better pro. But it's so funny that... You know, all these people who were All-Americans in high school or who got the awards and recognition in college, who were drafted in my draft class, like half of them aren't even in, on the, in the league anymore. Like right. it is crazy how life happens and things get weeded out and how discipline and persistence and hard work in general will get you to where you want to go when people aren't willing to do the hard work, like the hard stuff. So, I, I mean, it's just all I know. I got to thank my mom and dad for raising me a blue collar girl. Because if I wasn't, I would have been out a long time ago. So yeah. I don't know. Yep. I'm happy. Yeah, that is your right. So I'm, I did want to hit on, like you mentioned Tarasi, you mentioned Griner, um, you know, Skyler Diggins on your team. But you get drafted and you come to the Phoenix Mercury. And obviously, Diana Tarasi is one of my favorite players. Um, and, and just going into that situation, you leave Mizzou, you're now in the WNBA. Um, was there an adjustment? Was there a welcome to the pros? Is Are there moments you look back on year one, maybe even year two, that you're like, this is different? Um, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, there's a pivot somewhere that you need to make or something like that, that it always is a, a, like a, an awakening sometimes when you're a rookie or a second-year player of just joining the league. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of moments like that. And I think that our class was the first class to ever keep rookies since BG. And mm. so um, there was three of us. And uh, we I kind of got in here and there. Um, the other two, not really, then here and there. Like, it was just all over the place. But what no one tells you is, like, when you're on top of, you know, the best player in the country at another level, and then you go to the next level, it's a whole new ball game. Like, you're back at the bottom of the totem pole, and in college, they babysit you. Like, they tell you, you got to be here at this time. Here's weights. Here's your rehab. Here's when you want to work out. Um, and in, in the pros, it's all on you. And no one told me that. Like, our vets did not tell or help us rookies do that. And so I learned a lot of things that we didn't get that I will – that I've learned. And now I, I give our rookies because yeah. it's like you got you to gotta help them out. And so I think one of my biggest welcome to the league is – I think um, Diana was open for a three, but so was I. And I shot it and I made it and I still got cussed out at because I didn't give her the ball. And so it's like finding a balance of like making a name for yourself, but also like knowing your role and knowing who you're playing with. And so yeah. um, there's a fine line of doing that, but also like, nah, like I'm here too. I'm a pro and I can make that shot as well. And so I think it's just learning. And finally, I was just like, fed up one year and I'm like, I'm tired of not getting consistent minutes. Like I, uh, I wasn't complaining cause I know that was my role at the time. I was people sub, but I'm like, there's more in my tank. Like what can I do? And, um, I just got in the gym more. I just got up extra shots. I made sure I was in shape that when my name was called, I was ready. And, um, I think it was not 
last, not this past season, but the season after that, like that's when I really kind of blew up a little bit in the second half of the season because people got injured. BG was in Russia. Um, and so I got my opportunity and I think I was like averaging 18 points by the end of the season in the second half of the season, because I was ready. And, um, once you kind of taste that success a little bit, you, you want more. And, um, I've been busting my butt ever since last year was a, I mean, we were awful last season. It was just so many moving parts, a new owner, a new GM, a new head coach in the middle of the season. Now a new head coach after season, like we were definitely in a rebuilding era. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I, uh, made a name for myself and I keep getting better and better and I'm just I'm just the tip of the iceberg so I hope I can just keep working hard and keep my mind right yeah I was, I was gonna bring that up like a tough year as a team last year but I mean your opportunity your minutes your production your efficiency you know it's back to you know the numbers that I was mentioning earlier from your college days I mean you shot 40 from three last year uh 12 points per game 45 from the field in 29 minutes that's that's a great line um does that give you it has to just get you motivated for like the off season and going into next especially knowing that you know you had a tough season record wise but you're you're now a piece of that team now that's got to get you motivated for for what's to come oh my gosh yes and i have finally hired someone to help train me that's something yeah. i also didn't know that a lot of people have personal trainers and or de- developmental trainers and i've never had that like everything that i've done to this point is just off um, my own ability. And I'm not saying like, Oh, look at me. It's like, I'm dumb because why have I not had someone to help me? You know what I mean? Like this could have, but it's just part of the process. It's part of my story. And, um, I, I've hired, uh, someone to come help me with my game. Our coaches are absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think also it's just like, it's a part of being a pro is you're not going to get everything you want the first couple of years or even the first three years. But if you keep working hard and you're persistent, like you will get to where you want to go and you just have to have the patience to like, that's part of, that's part of it. You know, there's a lot of greats and hall of famers that are on your team that are playing before you as they should, you know what I mean? So it's just like changing your mentality a little bit, but I do feel like I I am a piece to our puzzle now. Um, And with that responsibility, like it just, there's a lot more on you. And I just want to, that means I have to put in more work just so I'm prepared and ready to kick ass. You know, that's yeah. just, I, miss, I miss winning. And I am so thankful that we've lost the first, the last couple seasons because it's just like triggered me just to be better in every aspect because I'm so tired of losing. Holy cow. I've never lost so much in my life. <laughs> I was, I mean, uh, yeah. Like just thinking back to your high school career, college career, even the start of your, your WNBA career, like it's going through a season like that. I, I can't imagine, especially when that's what you're used to, but <laughs> I mean, you got to take it for what it is and, and kind of use it as that fuel that drives every athlete. They got to find that edge and and there it is. So what, when you think like, and I know you're like, you're focused on basketball, you focus on your career. Um, you, you had a great start to your career. There's more to come. Like I said, um, but is the future for you? Like, are, are you wanting to do broadcast or like, have you ever thought about coaching? I've always been curious, like, you're going to have a lot of opportunities yeah, after basketball and just curious if you've ever thought about that or if you're just kind of staying to the, to the course of your career. Yeah. Well, I need you to help me find a husband first of all. So okay. number one, <laughs> I would, I would love great that. Answer. It's a great answer. Great answer. Um, but I do think that I will do something in the broadcasting world. Uh, I absolutely love it. I'm doing stuff right now for the Suns. Um, and actually when I get back from being on break, I'm going to do some analyst work. So, oh, um, I, I'm never really done that so much. And especially at that level, 
Um, it's going to be interesting, but I'm super excited for it. But I would love to coach. Like, I just think that when you experience um, life and you experience different teams and just the older you get in this career, you realize that there's a lot of inexperienced coaches that really don't, they don't know what they're talking about. No and question. it's like, no, you know, and, and it's sad yeah. because all these people trust, trust them. And I don't know, it just makes sense to why some teams and why some programs are the way they are. And so I would love to come back and give back. Like, I, I think it would be so, so cool. It'd be a full circle moment for me. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I think coaching, I think broadcasting, I would actually love to own, be a part owner in a WNBA team. I've talked to in Kansas Art. city. In Kansas yeah. city. Yeah. Okay. So if the Mahomes are listening, can you guys just do it? Please? Just eat it. That's what I love it. You, you gotta, gotta dangle, dangle the carrot a little bit. Ugh, you gotta put the bait on. out there. We, we, we hope that, you know, Patrick is listening on NBA and WNBA. That's, that's always the conversation in Kansas City. He owns everything else in Kansas City, so why not an NBA team? An I NBA just don't team. get it. It's just one more thing. Like, oh, it's right. just one more thing. You know, right. it's, it, it is what it is. And it could be the best thing. You that's know? right. That's right. So um, I, I would love to do that. And, uh, but I'm also very open. I'm just trying to get my feet wet in, in different areas um, to what I might want to do. And so I really don't know. I could yeah. also go live on an Island and disappear. So I don't know. <laughs> that's the, that's the right answer. You got all different variety of, of what you could do. And that means, you know, you're focused on what you're doing right now and where your feet are at right now. So I've kept you too long. So if I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast, oh, yeah. um, good luck with the Sophie Cunningham classic. Um, I do want to say too, like I speak for many, uh, that we, we love following your career, especially Mizzou fans, former player like myself on the men's side, but watching your career at Mizzou and what you're doing professionally um, makes you proud. You're a great ambassador to the school. You're a role model to so many kids and, and you just how you carry yourself and just proud of what you're doing. So keep killing it. Good luck uh, moving forward with the Mercury next season. Oh, well, you guys just made my heart feel so good. It's actually good seeing you. I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, it's great. Um, but so you got married and everything, which I absolutely loved following as well. And yeah. so it's fun keeping up with, you know, the Mizzou family and, uh, really just the Missouri family in general. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it's what makes being uh, being Mizzou special is just having that connection with everybody. So until next time, thanks for joining us today on the House Hustle podcast. Conference play kicking off for the local schools this weekend. So great time for, for the college basketball season. So enjoy the hoops, and we'll talk to you next time.